Amen. All right, everybody knows today is um, Palm Sunday. We know this is when Jesus rode his um, Lexus into the city of Jerusalem. That's Romans 12, Romans 12, 1 and 2. Last week, I spent some time talking about the renewing of your mind and the transformation. I have had the Lord lately teach me some stuff in the Bible that I never knew. Isn't God good? I happen to believe there's probably a lot more in here I don't know. But there's something I'm going to preach today. I've probably never preached it in my life. Not the way I'm going to say it, not the way I'm going to teach it. But I, but I begin to learn something about the way God um, grows us, how he deals with us as people. And he's very gracious, he's very good, but he is changing us. And so Romans 12, 1, um, let me get over there myself, has become very real to me even more so lately, and you'll see that as we go. It says, I beseech you therefore, brethren... By the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. The literal reading of this is, I beseech you, that you present your body. In other words, you're going to need to do something with it. It's not born again. It's not saved. Holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. That means reasonable worship. What you do with your life is worship, not just singing Sunday morning, but, but obeying God and, and growing in God, that is worship of God. But verse 2 is where I want to go, and do not be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and the perfect will of God. Now the word conform here means to yield, to fashion, or obey. So let's read it that way. Do not yield, be fashioned, or obey the world. We're not supposed to look like them, walk like them, talk like them, or be anything like them. God doesn't want you patterning after the world. The world is a fallen system. You don't want to be a part of that mess. You're in a new kingdom, we're in the kingdom of God. It says, don't be controlled, conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The word transform right there, uh, the closest word to it is metamorphosis, which is what happens when God turns a worm into a butterfly. Now, let me say this so that you'll understand where we're going when you were born again, your spirit became alive unto God. All of us have heard this in this church hundreds of times. You're a new creation. You're the righteousness of God. And you are saved. But in reality, there's only one third of you saved. That's where we need to understand that God did in us what we couldn't do. When he found you, there was nothing good in you. Not, not a thing in you worth saving. That's why when a person dies that's not born again, they go to hell because there's nothing in there worth saving. Now, when we get born again, God makes a deposit on the inside of us, which we're going to call gold. 
and you're, you're a, you are as precious as gold, and, you're as, and so you are, you are a new creation. You are, but you understand that there's another two-thirds of you, and God is going to require you and I to do something about that, and he's going to help us with the process. All of us in this room right now, God is in a process of taking you from worm to butterfly. In other words, before the return of Jesus, we will actually see people walking the earth and they will walk, talk, and act just like Jesus. That's a huge statement. Now, I believe that we are the generation that will see that. And I believe that God is working in his church right now to get us to this place. Under the old covenant, Moses went up on the mountain. And because he's in the presence of God, he came down with glory on him. And his face shone. We're going to read in a minute that the glory is not on us. But the glory is inside of us. Now, let me change, let me, let me use a word here, and I'm going to make a word change here for us all. For years and years and years, I have prayed this way, we've all prayed this way, God send revival. I'm not against revivals, I'm for revivals. But the word revival means to make alive again. God is not trying to give you a revival. God is interested in transformation, not revival. I think we're praying over the church wrong. We're wanting God to fall on us, and yet he's in you. He came in you to change you, not from the outside in, but from the inside out. And that is where many of us have not understood what God is doing and how he's doing it. But I would say this, and I'm going to get way ahead of myself. I'm not where, I'm today, I'm not where I was a year ago. Man, I went through a transformation. And I'm not today where I was two years ago or ten years ago. How many of y'all can say amen to that? How many of you know that God has taken you from glory to glory to glory? Now, understand this. I want to be a part of the last day move of God. And God will have his way before the return of Jesus. There will come a day. Now, just hold on to me. Just hold on real quick to where we're all praying, oh God, heal me. And there will be people who will never pray for healing. They will be walking so in the glory, they'll walk in a room and people will be healed because they walked in. Now all of that is already inside you. But something is blocking it. And it's your soul. Because your soul is not saved. There is stuff in you. And it don't look nothing like Jesus. There's still junk in us. Boy, y'all are excited. 
You say, I thought we were preaching on Palm Sunday. We'll get around to that. Jesus is not the only one that went to a cross. God's got a day he'd like to kill some stuff. Never mind, amen. So don't be conformed to the world, but be transformed or metamorphed by the renewing of your mind. And I found out that's not just reading your Bible, that you can prove the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Go to 2 Corinthians 3, and I'm going to make this statement as I go. We've had the Smith Wigglesworths raise 38 people from the dead. Do you know one of the things Smith said? He said, God burned Smith out of Smith. Every time, you know, we, we, we look at Mario Murillo, we look at Kenneth Copeland, we look at Kenneth Hagin. Let me tell you something, their glory days, they were old. Because it took God a while to get them where they were useful. Let's go back here now. Let's talk about this a minute. What happened to Moses? Moses was called to be a deliverer of the children of Israel. He's called to deliver them. And he tried. And he got run out of Egypt and he found himself on the backside of a desert for a long time. What was God doing? He took him from the promise to the wilderness and then to victory. What about another guy? What about David? David's minding his own business. He's taking care of sheep, slinging rocks with his nine millimeter. The only one he had during the day. And all of a sudden, God calls him out and anoints him to be king. And he moves into the palace and marries the king's daughter until one day the king threw a spear at him and he finds himself in the wilderness. Why? Because he's a boy. He's anointed, but he's a boy. And God's making a king out of him. And he didn't sit down in that throne until God was finished. What about Joseph? One day God gives Joseph a promise. You're going to rule the world. He goes, man, that's awesome. Tells his brothers, tells his family, runs around telling about it. But he's a kid. And then one day his brother slung him in a well and shipped him off to Egypt. He met Potiphar's wife and got thrown in a dungeon. We don't want to see, I know y'all aren't seeing, nobody's shouting. See, we don't talk a lot about the fact that when the Spirit of God came on Jesus, the Bible says the Spirit of God led him into the wilderness. You see, God's led you places you didn't like. Some of you might be in some spots right now and you're going, I don't like this. I got news for you. He's working. All right now. Now that y'all excited. Say he's making me into what I need to be. See, you're already there. It's just there's gold in you. It's just we can't see it, and God would like to see it. Second uh, Corinthians three, seventeen. The Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. And we all, with an unveiled face, 
Behold, and looking into the mirror, the word of God, the glory of the Lord are being transformed. There's that word again, metamorphosed, into the same image as Jesus from glory to glory to glory to glory. In other words, you don't go to the highest glory real quick. He takes you third grade. Then you, see, you got to pass some tests to get out of third grade, and the test are not the teacher's not mean. She's just testing what you know and have you been listening. Then you go to fourth grade, and then you meet a new teacher, and she teaches you some stuff. Then she gives you a test, and if you pass the test, then you go to fifth. Don't think that God is any different with you. You know, you're wanting to go to all where he wants you to go, and he's going, well, that's okay. I got somewhere for you to go, but you ain't going there today. Now, see, he's got you. He will put you places because there's stuff in you that he sees and you don't see. Now, I'm going to tell you where I got the revelation of this. This is where this all began. I'm sitting at home one day and I'm having a bad day. Actually, not true. I had a bad week. Well, really, I had a bad month. And, I'm, and I've got all of this stuff that's surfacing in me. And I'm going, God, what is this? And, and I'm embarrassed and I'm like, God, I did not... I didn't know that was there. I mean, I, and I'm, I got 1 John 1, 9 out, and I'm confessing, and I'm believing God to wash me in the blood, and, and I'm praying over stuff. And, 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 the, and the Lord said, son, this is not when I saw it. I've been looking at that in you for 68 years. This week's when you saw it. Because I found out that the Holy Ghost is a fire that he places on the inside of you. And when there's something in you, he needs to, he needs to get you in a crucible because there's gold in there. But then there's nickel and tin and attitudes and pride and stubbornness. There's stuff inside you that's blocking God and all of a sudden he takes you into a testing period. We don't like to talk about that. And the next thing you know, stuff is surfacing. I'm praying for a move of God and he's moving. The fire is getting hotter. See, when the fire gets hot, we run. Jump off the stove. Stay. Let him, let him crank it up. Let him expose it. Let him get all of that stuff in you to the surface so you can repent of it. You can get your Bible out. You can get that junk in you dealt with and you'll go from glory to glory to glory. I mean, it's bad when the pastor's home repenting. Oh, Jesus, I didn't know that was in there. I'm pretty sure there's a lot of stuff I didn't know that was in there. And I know y'all knew it was in there, but I didn't know it was in there. I told Lisa on the way here, I said, you, you've grown a lot since I married you. I said, have I? She said, you have. 
Let me tell you something. I thought when I married Lisa, she got a good deal. Yes, she did. And she's matured. She's grown. She's more like Jesus now. And I've, I mean, I'm, I'm telling you what, she's quite the woman of God. But there was a time when she was quite shy. There was a time she was kind of stubborn. Strong-willed. And God said, I know someone that you need to marry him. And she's like, ah. I married the wrong person. God goes, oh, no, you didn't either. I've been good for her. Could you say vice versa? You come up, I came up in a home where I didn't have a dad. I came up, and then I married a girl that I was, uh, got pregnant in high school, and I had two daughters, and my whole life was just hell on earth. And I didn't realize how much of that was still in me. God saw it. And there, he's been leading me for years and years and years. And he's taken me places I didn't want to go. And I wouldn't have gone. And I'll guarantee you they were for my good. I'm going to read another scripture to you and then I'm going to tell you a story. And I think you're going to understand this. Um, Second Corinthians 4, 6, for it is God who commanded the light to shine in darkness has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus. But we have this treasure in an earthen vessel. We have the life of God. There's gold in you. There's gold in me. There's Jesus is inside. But he's not the only one in there. We have this treasure in an earthen vessel that the excellency of the power may be of God and not us. We're hard pressed on every side, but we're not crushed. We're perplexed, but we're not in despair. Well, we've been persecuted, but we have never been forsaken. Yeah, we've been struck down to the ground, but we weren't destroyed. We are always carrying about in our body the dying of the Lord Jesus Christ so that the life of Jesus may be manifest in our body. We who live are always delivered to death for Jesus' sake that the life of Jesus may be manifested in our mortal flesh. So death is working in us and life in you. And since we have the same spirit of faith according to what is written, I believe and therefore I speak, we also believe and therefore speak. Now let's stop right here and let's talk. When I got born again, November 16, 1975, I was so glad I met Jesus. I never held down a job. I was never a good employee. I just wasn't all, I mean, I kept getting fired for some unknown reason. Bosses just were all mean. And God goes, okay, I'm going to get you a job. And he takes me to a fiberglass plant. I went, What? A fiberglass plant, that's a, that's a bad job. I thought I was saved. I thought you loved me. He goes, no, I do love you. You go work in a fiberglass plant. I'm going, oh, God, I feel like I've died and gone to hell. The girls called it fireglass because it got in everything in the house. My first day at work, I got in an argument with my boss. You can't imagine why. Surprise, surprise. Yeah. 
and I met the Lord at the same time clock. I just chewed my new boss out, and he chewed me out. You asked me to get you a job. You asked me to get you out of debt. Here you are in a fight with your boss. He said, from this day forward, you work for me. I want you here early, and I want you to shut up. You say, I met the Lord. I wish some of y'all would meet the Lord. He is. Because when I met him, he was not always nice to me. But he did love me. And he loved me enough to father me and take me through some stuff. And I, he got me a job at a fiberglass plant. And I'm going to tell you, that, that, that was a very difficult year. Now, I got raises. I got, God blessed me there. But I'm going to tell you what. I mean, I had never known anything about getting to work on time and, and, and yes, sir, no, sir. I, I mean, I, I learned all of that in the Bible. But God put me in a difficult place. And I grew. And when he got finished, and I passed my test, I passed. I learned to count it all joy. I learned to be happy even in a fiberglass plant. I learned some lessons about work. I learned, I learned stuff. God taught me. He's a good daddy. He didn't just teach me from the Bible. He put me in it and taught me. And he said, now I want you to go to Tulsa and go to Bible school. And I'm going, glory to God, no more fiberglass plants. What I was unaware of was that Tulsa was going to be a learning place. God's not done. Raymond wasn't the only thing he taught me. Got a job at Hardest. He became a maintenance man. Went through my, uh, a, a bad situation with my, wife, my first wife. Um, second year was very, very hard. Um, by the time I left... I was a better man. He didn't deliver me. He didn't deliver me from the trouble. He delivered me in the trouble. And I grew. And by the time I grew, he said, now go to Orlando. What I didn't know was he's not done. I got here and I'm called of God. And he gets me a job land block. God, let me help you a little bit. I'm a Ramograd. I need to be in ministry. He says, you are in ministry. He says, I put you on an all-black crew. Now, for a white boy that grows up in Georgia, this was a learning curve. Didn't know nothing about black people. Didn't know nothing about culture. God thought that I might want to learn some stuff. I didn't like that job. Every day I quit. Because he put me in a fire. I'm going to tell you, it was tough on my flesh. And when I left, I loved those men. We were friends. God did a work in me. Now, I'm going to tell you a story about concrete blocks now. When I first started as a, as a block mason, I was the Pillsbury Doughboy. I was a little fat guy. And I got a job working as a, as a mason tender. And we were working on a place called um, Southern Bell Building. And the blocks there were 16 pounds a piece. I did not know that was a lightweight block. I picked that block up and I went, oh, God. And my boss laughed and said, those are lights. I said, oh, no. I said, I have died and gone to hell. 
My job was to haul the mud to the men, and so I filled the wheelbarrow up, and I couldn't move it. <laughs> I couldn't. I couldn't lift it. And all the men laughed at me and said, take half of it out. You know, I worked my tail off hauling half a wheelbarrow up, <laughs> running back for the other half, and they didn't care. They hollered over me, where's that mud? I mean, I'm working. I get home every day. I fall across my bed, and I went, help me, Jesus. <laughs> my body began to transform. Pot bellied began to go away. It has since returned a little. And then one day we left that place and went to another job and the concrete blocks were 32 pounds apiece. And I picked one up, oh God, no. And they laughed and said, that's a normal block. Now you may say, well, I go to the gym and work out an hour. How would you like to throw them for eight? I couldn't handle it. My hands were too soft. I had to wear gloves. I wore gloves out. I'd pick them up and just stretch my arms right down to the ground. They pulled all my arms out of my sockets. I thought I was going to die, but I had to have a job, and God put me there. You understand? God put me someplace I needed to be. Now I'm working, and I'm finally getting to where I can handle this, and we went out to Sanford. The blocks there are called boxcars. They're 72 pounds apiece. I complained like an Israelite in the desert. Oh, I did. I, I swore that if I ever became the president of the United States, I'm going to outlaw these blocks. There ain't no reason in the world for you to have a, a 72-pound concrete block that I've got to pick up 400 of them a day in my left hand, not including them. I mean, to butter that thing and put it on a wall. And I really, I complained. I, I, com I did. I complained. I worked out there a year. We went back to a regular job one day. I picked up a 32-pound block, and I went, oh, my God, this is a feather. <laughs> what changed? I didn't. The block didn't change. See, the thing you're going through right now, God's not changing your circumstance. He's changing you. Amen. There have been people who used to get on my nerves. And they don't. They don't get on my nerves. When I first started going to the men of God in this city, I couldn't stand them. They were all idiots. <laughs> Say pride. pride. Thank y'all. I'd walk away and go, God, these guys are crazy. God goes, we're going to get that out of you. So see, the problem is you don't always see it. I remember about a month ago, I walked into one of the meetings and a guy said something to me and acted the same way they used to act. And I went, I sure love you. I thank God for you. And I walked away and I went, someone changed. God's changing us from glory to glory. You see, a lot of the things you're going through right now, you're praying that God would deliver you from the circumstance. He's the one put you in it. 
Jesus, I married the wrong person. Everybody married the wrong person. I mean, the person you're supposed to marry, his parents died in World War I. I mean, God had to completely change everything after that. I know that sounds funny, but have you ever thought about the fact that if you were married to the right person, that means that it's been quite in the mess, right? All right. Don't go quiet on me. I got all day. Philippians 2.12. Look at Philippians 2.12. We're going to pop on the screen. I want you to see this. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out. Work it out. Your salvation. Why? It's in there. God wants you to work it from the inside out. Now, Moses didn't work it out. He didn't have it in him. David didn't work it out. He didn't have it in him. You can work it out because salvation's in you. Healing is in you. Life is in you. Victory is in you. And God wants that victory and that blessing that's inside of you to be worked from the inside to the outside and manifested in your life. And in the process, he's got to get rid of some junk because your soul is blocking it. Because it's a heathen. <laughs> now, see, I'm saying this because you know how many times we have people walk in and say, my husband, and he, he's on drugs and he needs help. Well, he might be on drugs and needs help, but he's born again. Yeah. Quit praying for God to fall on his head. Pray for God to take him into the fire and burn that mess out. To where he realizes that he don't need no drugs. That he don't need no porn. He don't need to act the way he's acting and be the way he's being. The greater one lives on the inside of him. Get him to have a revelation of who he is in Christ and live from the inside out. And once that stuff surfaces, for him to recognize and go, God, I don't know where this attitude came from, but take the blood and wash it away from my soul. Get it out of me because I don't want to see it anymore. Quit pretending like it isn't there. I told the Lord one time, I said, Lisa made me mad. And he said, she can't make you mad. You got mad all by yourself. See, she wasn't making me mad. She was, she was exposing what was there. Now, if I'd got another wife, she'd have done the same thing. Just work on the one you got for now. <laughs> Husbands, too. Come on. Job, too. Come on. If, if the heat is exposing something, it's for your benefit. It's, God sees, been looking at you, go, okay. <laughs> well, I didn't know this was in there. Let's, let's, let's do something about this. And you will go. You will grow. Are you ready? Let's look at another one. Ephesians 3.20. Now to him who's able to do exceeding abundantly above all we ask or thank according to the power that falls on your head in a Holy Ghost meeting. I'm not against Holy Ghost meetings. But um, Lisa and I know a lady that went to a Holy Ghost meeting and ran aisles and jumped pews hoping to do something on the inside of her. It never worked. All of the insecurities were still there. All of her fears were still there. 
all of her problems when she left and quit running were still there. I'm, I'm a runner. I'm a dancer. I'm a jumper. You have a Holy Ghost meeting, I'm going to jump and run and dance. Amen. Because we need moves of God because they strengthen you in your inner man. They cause you to help you to yield to the Holy Ghost. But when you get home Monday, you still are facing the same nut that was rolling on the floor Sunday night. The same attitudes are still there. And God's going, okay, now. Now that you've been good and drunk in the Holy Ghost, now that you've had a really good time, let, 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 let's deal with this unforgiveness in you. I don't have any unforgiveness. I just don't like them. I'm leaving this church. They don't appreciate me. We can get rid of pride too. They hurt my feelings. Well, you're carnal. You'll be carnal at the next church, stupid. You took the problem with you. Hauled it in the car and hauled it out. No, shout me down. In other words, if God sends you someplace, stay until he gets the work done. Quit jumping off the fire. I did a study on gold last night. It's really interesting. Made me want to go buy some at the price it is. When they get gold, gold is completely full of impurities. And, and, God, and, and the guy that has the gold, he's got to get it all out. So the first thing he does is puts it in the fire, say fire, fire. and he starts heating it. Yeah. Next thing you know, that gold and nickel and tin and all that other junk, it's bubbling and he puts flux in there. That stuff gets hot, 1400 degrees hot. And next thing you know, he starts siphoning that gold, that gold through a strainer and, and p- puts it in a big, in a, in a water jug and it comes out in little drops like sand. They call it gold sand. Well, he ain't done yet. Then they put it in the chemicals. The chemicals start killing and driving out all of the junk and dissolving everything that's not gold. There's no other way to do it. Then later he takes and heats it back up again, puts it back into a crucible and pours it into a bar. And when it comes out, it's 99.9% pure. Now it's gold. You ever feel a little bit like maybe God has (laughs) stuck you in a fire somewhere? I'm praying for a new job and God goes, no, this one's good. (laughs) I never finished my story. After I went to work at Weber and Tucker, then God got the bright idea to make a pastor out of me. And these people were hard. They were all crazy. And I didn't like any of them. The first week of pastoring, I said, God, you have someplace else I can go? I mean, these people, they're just not very nice. How many of you think I had an attitude? How many of you think God saw it? How many of you think God knew what he was doing? 
I don't know whether you've changed. I, I think I should get the award for the most advanced Christian in this church. <laughs> 33 years. You've done everything but kill me. But I'm going to tell you this. I sure love you guys. I don't know when y'all changed. Maybe you didn't. Maybe I changed. And this, and does this not help? Does this help you? God's not done with me. I sure am glad I'm not like I was. But something tells me I haven't seen the last of the fire. In other words, someone tells me I'm pro- I probably got a few days ahead of me that'll try me. Don't flunk the count it all joy test. Don't flunk the grateful for what you have test. Don't flunk the love is patient test. Because <laughs> you're going back in the same fire. You, you say, well, wait a minute. How long can you stay in third grade? Well, Jethro Bodine never got out of third grade. <laughs> he was going to be a brain surgeon if he ever got out of third grade. Say amen, somebody. It's all right. It's all right. 1 Peter chapter 1, say, turn to your neighbor and say, I think he's preaching to you this morning. Uh, let, me, let me share something with you as, as, I, as, we, as I minister this to you. This is actually a very positive sermon because what we thought where the devil was picking on us and jumping on us and telling us you're a this and you're a that. No, I'm not. I'm a new creation. I'm the righteousness of God. I, but what, I, what I'm starting to realize is that there's still areas of me that God has promotion for me when I can pass some tests. He's got some promotions for you. And you're going to pass the test before you get out of this grade. And he'll take you from glory to glory. He finally used Joseph. He finally used David. Can you imagine Paul? You see all the stuff that Paul went through? Now I'm going to give you a little bit of insight into Paul. God goes, Paul, I need you to write uh, 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 some scriptures and some Bible for me. And he goes, I don't have time. I'm too busy preaching. And he goes, well, I need you to write a letter to the Corinthians. He goes, I don't have time. So God looks at Gabriel and said, get him in jail. <laughs> if he don't have time, we can make some time for him. And Paul's sitting in jail going, heavenly father, I've got to go preach. I've got to reach the Corinthians. He goes, give him a piece of paper and a pencil. God, see, God's doing more in you than you think he's doing in you. If he can't get you to cooperate, he's got a boat for you. Ask Jonah. Maybe a whale. He's going to get you where you need to go. You just, a little cooperation would be nice. He wrote all of his letters from jail. I, mean, I wonder, did he have to? It's just, we're going, we won't know till we get there. And he go, well, actually, God's developing you into the man and the woman he, you need to be. Amen. 
First Peter, First Peter. Just allow him the room. Don't fight him. When it gets hot and something surfaces, say thank you. I never saw that. I got my Bible out now and I'm, I know what to work on. I now see it. You've seen it, but now I see it. Thank you. I didn't know that attitude was there. Don't pretend like it isn't. It's there. We've been seeing it. You could have asked us. We'd have told you. If you didn't, your wife would have. You know, y'all can get quiet fast. You'd go, go from, what? First Peter chapter 1, verse 6. In this you greatly rejoice through now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials, that the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire. You say, I got faith in God. Well, let's put some fire on it. Now, I'm going to make a statement here, and this is going to, some of y'all are going to look at me like I'm crazy. Great faith comes from trials. I come from the word. Yeah, that you're reading why you're where in the trial. You see, Brother Hagen, when we left Ramah, he said, you'll start where I am. I went, no, it won't. Because we've never been where you are. We know the Bible in our head, but we ain't never been out there and proved this. In time, we've proved some of it. See, I'm 68. I'm further now than I was. Thank you, Jesus. I'm nicer than I used to be. I'm more loving than I used to be. I'm sweeter than I used to be. You're so sweet. You're my hero. Just love this lady. And for the rest of you, he's not finished, and I know it. And I do appreciate all your praying. Get him, God. Get him. Pray all you want to. He's getting me. How many of you say this helps you? I was going to preach a donkey sermon today, and I just couldn't get my heart in it. He said, we'll go preach to the donkeys. I said, okay. No, he didn't really say that. I'm teasing. I'm saying, I'm teasing. He didn't say that. (laughs) He's still working on me. He's still working on me. I ain't there yet. Now, where was I before I interrupted myself? That the genuineness of your faith, you say, I have faith in God, being much more precious than gold, that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus. I want to say this one more time. I believe 
The story of Samson is the story of the church. I think he started off in glory. But he had a problem not with the woman, but the world. And so does the church today. We got way too much of the world in us. And I believe in the days ahead, God's going to be purifying his church. I don't mean sickness and disease like people have taught for years. I mean just the situations we're going to watch is going to drive you into his presence. You and I are going to be doing a lot more praying than we've ever done. He's going to show a lot more. But he has got it in control. He's fine. And we will see a church evolve full of Jesus. Not two or three evangelists here and there. I'm talking about church members full of God. Now we're full of God now. But not full of anything else. (laughs) Say thank you Jesus for the process called sanctification. He's cleaning us up. Allow him to do it. Don't run from the process. Don't quit every time God puts a heat on you a little bit. Face your giant. When he's finished, you'll look and walk and talk just exactly like Jesus. How many of you think, oh boy, I'm looking for that? Okay. Don't turn a seven-day walk into a 40-year journey. (laughs) Some of us are slow. Slow no more. Lately, I've been picking up my Bible and going over stuff that I see in me. God shows it to me, and I go, let's deal with this. Let's get this out. You, you, I studied love and patient, love is kind, love hearted, knows, no, keeps no record of wrong. And a month later, I'm going, where's that book? <laughs> it ain't all out there yet. It ain't all out yet. And I'm okay with that. I don't want to stay the way I am. I'm getting tired of me. And the problem is everywhere I go, I'm there. But God loves us. Say, we're gold. Say, Christ in me. The hope of glory. He who began a good work in me will complete it. Say, he's being good to me. Yeah, he's good to us. He's good to us. I said all of this because the revelation of this helped me immensely. What I saw was a detriment. Actually, I realize now is a positive. Father God, anything else in there you want? Don't show it all to me one week. I don't want to do that. Don't do that to me. I can't, I can't handle all that. Whatever he wants to clean up, I want him to clean it up. I want to see the glory of God in my life. Peter was a mess. And when he finished, his shadows healing people. 
He said, follow me, I'll make you a fisher. And it took a little bit of time. Don't let people, don't beat yourself up that you hadn't arrived. Don't condemn yourself. I fight all my battles from victory. I, I, I think of who I am in Christ and who I am, what is on the inside of me. And all the rest of it, I realize it's just okay. That impatience, let's deal with that. That pride, let's deal with that. Let's deal with it, God. Forgive me. Forgive me for that, Father. Forgive me. Cleanse me from it. Wash me. I'll, I'll get it out of me. Get it out of me. I'm done, basically. I have three minutes. I don't know what to do with it. How many of you would say, I have actually been in a fire lately? Let's be honest. Don't let anything. Let him do the work. How many of you would say, I have been in a fire before? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. How many of you would say, honestly, I'm not where I used to be? Listen to me. That's probably one of the greatest testimonies to ever come out of a church. This guy right here, grown, Kathy. Let me tell you a little bit about this man. Came over my house a few weeks ago, and my well, I have a, I don't know what, how old was that tank? 30 years, 40 years old. Oh, my toilets, all the back of my toilets were black with algae, and we didn't know what to do about it. Water was probably not healthy for us. He said, you got to get it all out of there. I said, what's it cost? He said, I'm going to do it for free. He said, I've been changed by this church. Now, Jesus did it. I hadn't. The other day, he got a contract for what, $91,600. Now, I think you dug him right out of the prison system, didn't you? Now, he was a little bit of a mess. Big time, big time mess. But look at him. There's gold in him. And we're going to see a lot more of it. I've seen a huge change in him since he first came. See a big change. We walked around this room right now. Where's Rosa? Oh, God, that girl. She was a mess. Paul, we don't want to talk about Paul. Paul came down here from someplace up north. He was 100% Yankee. About 10% left. 10% left. Well, he's grown a lot. Alex, you were a mess. You were a double mess. I'm serious. You were a handful and a half. But you're doing good. Hadn't he grown? What about you? You grown? Yeah, you've grown. I'm proud of you. Tracy's, he's doing good, isn't he? Say this to God. Say, Heavenly Father. You began a good work in me. Complete it.
He is a merciful God. He won't put more on you than you handle. The next time the fire is up, I want you to stop and go. I think I need to pass the don't complain test right now. And the count it all joy test. Father, thank you for this morning. I think I'm done. We sit here in this church and we're celebrating Easter where you took our place on the cross. And we'll get into that next week, Father, and we'll get into it good. But right now we're talking about Christians and what you've done in us and what you're doing in us. And before you return to this earth, you will have a glorious church without spot or wrinkle. It won't be everybody. I understand that. But there are some of us in this room that are ready to be changed from glory to glory. I thank you for the work you've done in me. And I think many of us in this room will say that. You've done a good work in us. And we're still strong. You've kept us. The greater one on the inside of us has strengthened us, helped us, and kept us. And we learn to rely on him. And I thank you for the gold that's shining out of me now that wasn't. And I went from a small percent to a higher percent of gold showing. And I give you praise and honor. If it wasn't for the blood... We couldn't bring those faults to you that we see surface, but they do surface. There's things in us right now that are surfacing attitudes, things that are not you. And you're, you're just wanting us to let you scoop them off. Scoop them off, Father. Get them out of there. And take us from, to the place we need to be. I pray the men in this church will become men of God heads of their homes, fathers. I pray the women in this church will be women of God and mothers. The teenagers will grow up and realize they don't have to sow wild oats in the world. They can go from glory to glory even now. They don't have to, they don't have to go out and screw everything up to come back. And if anybody's at the sound of my voice, not born again, not saved, not, they don't know you at all, I pray this would be their day. They'd walk up and make Jesus Lord of their life. Get some gold in there. And we give you praise for it, sir, in Jesus' name, amen. Don't forget Josh and Karen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. If I could have my altar workers just come up, just one on either side. I don't need three, three pairs. Just one on either side would be great. Hallelujah. Say thank you, Lord, for the blood applied. Amen. Thank you. The blood has been applied. Let's read this up here. We're going to read 1 Peter 1, 3, 4 through 5. A little different than what I usually quote. But it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to your abundant mercy or his, according to his abundant mercy, has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Let's stay there for a minute. Begotten just means, in simplest terms, to bring into existence life from reproduction. Like bringing a child into existence. That's what the word begotten means. And Jesus did that for you. He brought you into a brand new existence as a brand new child of him. Living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Verse 4. To what? 
an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that does not fade away. Reserved where? In heaven for you who are kept by what? By yourself? By the power of God through faith for salvation. Ready to be revealed in the last time. If you don't have that hope of resurrection inside of you, come up today. Come up right now and get it. Because that will be reserved in heaven for you. When you accept what Jesus did for you, you might accept it mentally in your head, but until you accept it in your heart and say, God, I want this for me, it's not real, and you won't make heaven, and I'll make no bones about it. You can't say that's a nice verse. You have to come up and say, I want this for myself. Jesus, I want you to be Lord. I want to be kept by the power of God. Amen. So if you've never done that, come up this morning and do that. And if you need prayer for healing or for any other reason, prayer for agreement, God is here to answer that prayer right here, right now. First John five fourteen. this is the confidence that we have in you, that if we ask anything according to your will, and what is his will? His word. His will is his word. So if you can find it in the word, that's his will. If you ask anything according to his word, he hears you. And if we know he hears us, we know we have, not going to have, the petitions that we've desired of him. Amen. So come up, get prayer. We're here. We're waiting on you. Amen. If you know someone that you're with somebody, bring them up. Don't let them come up alone. Say, hey, let's go up. Let's get prayer together. Encourage people to get closer to God. Amen. The rest of you have a good Sunday. Great Palm Sunday, great weekend. God bless you. We hope you enjoyed this message by Word of Life Church. We just wanted to let you know there's a lot more content on our website at wolapopka.com. From our YouTube channel, to our podcast, to our SoundCloud, and many more events. We also wanted to let you know that we love giving you these messages. And it helps us too that if you would love to give... To the what we're doing, it helps keep all these messages free. You can just simply go to our website and click the big give now button, or you can text 407-955-5345. And remember, our pastor's vision is this, we grow Christians. So we thank you for listening and we'll see you next time.